0: misfits pastor nicole here and we're continuing our way through our series refocus with a funny yet inspiring message from pastor david Pastor David shares a little bit of his personal story as he walks us through the struggles and triumphs that come from aligning our physical health with our spiritual journey. So sit back, relax, or maybe even take a walk as we dive into this sermon that promises to change the way you view your physical health and its connection to your spiritual well-being. Welcome to Refuge Church, my name is David and I am one of the pastors here at Refuge and since I was not here last weekend, I want to wish you all a happy new year and if you know me, then you know that I absolutely love the Christmas season I began decorating my house inside and out in October It is my most favorite time of year but now that the holidays are over, i can 't believe that i 'm saying this. I only have one thing to say: thank god i 'm exhausted. I just don't want to see people anymore i'm just <laughs> i'm just ready I'm glad it's over and now that we begin this new this new year and this new sermon series, refocus and what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus, I was trying to think about what the title of my sermon tonight would be, based on everything that I have put together. And the only thing that I could come to my mind is, do you even lift, bro? (laughs) All of that will make sense uh, in just a little bit. Because I get the wonderful opportunity to speak to you today on fixing our eyes on Jesus with our physical bodies. Now, I know I just lost some of you, so you just hang with me. So you're thinking right now, great, this dude is going to tell me what I can and cannot eat, how much I need to be exercising every day, no more sweets, no more alcohol, that I need to buy a Stanley Cup and only drink water for the entire year. Hold on just a second. It just makes water taste better. Thanks, Stanley Cup. Okay, let's continue with it. Well, if this was the old me from several years ago that was speaking tonight, I would probably be saying all of that except for the Stanley Cup thing because back then it wasn't a cult. But as I've gotten older and I've experienced life in ways I never thought I would have to experience, Jesus has taught me a lot over the years and I want to be sharing some of what he's taught me in my individual life tonight. Now, my nose is running, and the reason why, I do every time I'm up here preaching, my nose runs. And I think it's because I'm out there, side note, and I freeze to death. I get up here, and I'm thawing out because the lights are on me. So, I mean, just bear with me if I'm wiping my nose. It's because I'm thawing out. All right, when we look at focusing our eyes on Jesus and our intentions versus our resolutions for this coming year, I automatically think about the infamous eye chart. Like Brian mentioned last week, he has these magical sunglasses that Karen bought him for Christmas that helps him see both far away and close up. Well, I too am part of the 40 and over club and I too am wearing magical glasses. Now I can't see anything. It was just a few months ago that I finally decided to bite the bullet and go to the eye doctor because it was getting impossible for me to be able to see my phone, to read menus. Adrian would have to hold the menu across the table so I can read it, or I couldn't see anything up close for that matter. So the first thing the doctor had me do was what? Read the eye chart line by line. We've all seen it, and most of us have had to read it at some point in our lives now reading this eye chart helps the doctor determine what kind of glasses would best suit you I had no problem reading the first two lines (laughs) but as I went down further down the line the more I read the more I would hear the doctor say things like hmm and interesting those were very comforting words to me And just like Brian said last week about the font of his sermons, well, I got you beat there, brother. Even with my glasses on, I have to use 22 font to read right now. Even Adrian saw this tonight, and he was like, surely you can see that without your glasses on. I was like, nope, I cannot. But just like reading the eye chart can help determine what the doctor needs to focus on, this series is sort of like that eye chart. Some of us may be doing really well at some of the topics we discuss, but there might be others that are a little blurry in our lives, and we need the doctor to help us in those areas. We all fall somewhere on this eye chart, including me, and I in no way am going to stand here and tell you what each of you needs to do with your physical health. What I am going to do is to talk to you about what Jesus and the scriptures say about our bodies and how our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I do have some experience in the health-related field. I actually did want to be a doctor when I was in college. But my extreme phobia of needles kind of steered me away from that profession. Yes, I am an absolute wimp when it comes to needles, and do not judge me. So I did end up becoming a licensed PE and health teacher, a basketball coach, as well as a licensed personal trainer and counselor, and I spent many years teaching health and wellness as well as training people to better themselves in the gym. But in looking back now, I've come to realize that the world's idea of taking care of our bodies and Jesus's idea of taking care of our bodies are two totally different things. Jesus tells us in John ten ten, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And when I think of who the thief is, I think of everything that the world tries to tell us about our own bodies and how to take care of it, especially during the beginning of the year when the gyms are full, diets begin, and people set their New Year's resolutions. You know, there are over 114,000 gyms in the United States today, and that grows by 3% every year. There are over 5.9 million Peloton members, and that number is growing by 9% every year. The diet industry in the United States has a net worth of over $72.6 billion with approximately 45 million Americans on a diet each year. The beauty industry in the United States has a net worth of over $84 billion, with over $528 billion in revenue. And since I'm married to someone who owns a salon and spa, that's all I'm going to say about the beauty industry because that's our bread and butter right there. But we're hearing it from everywhere. We're being told how to take care of our bodies, how to make our physical health better. Even my smartwatch thinks it knows how to better my physical health. It tells me when to stand, how much I need to move. And if I don't move the way it tells me to, then it bugs the crap out of me. It will probably tell me here in a little bit you're doing a good job standing and I will get the notification. Everyone has their own opinions, but with all these opinions, plans, diets, there's a price. There's a huge difference between Jesus's approach and what we hear from the world every day. God's approach is about what we just read about. It's about an abundant life through him. The thief's approach the world's approach is about that artificial shape, that artificial look. And with that approach, we start to see the thief stealing our joy, destroying our self-image, and killing our self-worth. We see body shaming in women where the thief is telling women that they need to be this absurd skinny stereotype. And there we find eating disorders and depression running rampant. With guys, there was a study by Harvard University called the Adonis Complex, where guys are thinking they need a six or 12 pack and they need to look like Thor in order to be accepted. And the list goes on and on, and we end up losing focus on the abundant life that Jesus has called us to live. So, this is where the spiritual truth of Jesus, I believe, can help us refocus our lives and overcome the physical challenges of healthy living. But even with this truth, there are some intentions that we're going to talk about tonight and not resolutions that we need to accept, believe, and try to live. So the first truth we need to accept and believe is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. One of my all-time favorite passages comes from Psalm 139, We're going to read 13 through 18. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Each of us are a beautiful creation of God. None of us are alike. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Genesis 1:27 and 31 says, "So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. God saw all that He had made and it was very good." So the second truth is that we are created in the image of Jesus, and God sees what He has made, and He says it is very good. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, okay, that's all well and good, but how does this apply to my everyday life of healthy living, and what does this have to do with this abundant life that you mentioned earlier? Well, Paul knew, he heard about, read about, and saw what Jesus said about each of us being fearfully and wonderfully made. And because of this, he says in Romans twelve one through 2, he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, As much as it is to be here to worship by singing songs, listening to a sermon, reading the Bible, coming to church, the third truth we need to look at is when Paul says that how we treat our bodies is also an act of worship. And while this may sound challenging to some, it can also be encouraging because of what we have been hearing from the thief from the world on how to treat our bodies, When we offer our lives as living sacrifices to God, when we begin loving Him with everything we have and loving others, our bodies are pleasing to God. It has nothing to do with what we look like in the mirror or even how we view ourselves in the mirror. It has everything to do with how God views us. And He views us as holy and pleasing to Him just as we are. Now, this is what I really want us to get tonight. Our acceptance and holiness before God is not based on the shape of our bodies, but on the sacrifice of the broken and bruised body of Jesus on the cross. I'll say it again. Our acceptance and holiness before God is not based on the shape of our bodies, but on the sacrifice of the broken and bruised body of Jesus on the cross. So now you may be thinking, well, then that sums up all that, and I don't have to do one thing to better my physical health then. On the contrary, my friend. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You see, losing 20 pounds won't make God love you any more. Gaining 20 pounds won't make God love you any less. And while some of us need to lose weight, some of us need to gain weight, the abundant life that Jesus is talking about is how we offer our bodies to him as living sacrifice, as an act of worship and discipleship. Now this is where our intentions should outweigh our resolutions. The only way we can offer our bodies to Jesus is if we focus our eyes on him. By loving him with everything we have and loving others, our bodies become vessels of worship, living sacrifices. So what does this have to do with my physical health? What should my intentions be with my physical health and my body based on what we had just read from the Bible? Well, when I think about those questions, even for my own body, I think about the Chevy Silverado that I had years ago. Now, boy, this sermon just took a weird turn, I know, but just hang with me, we'll get there, I promise. Now, when I first started my career as a teacher, I was poe. I wasn't poor, I was poe. I was so poe, I couldn't afford the OR to become poor. Well, I needed a vehicle to get me back and forth to school, and I came across this Chevy Silverado. This truck became my baby. When I bought it, I named him Samson the Silverado. Don't judge me. I named my trucks. When I bought it, I knew that I needed to make this truck last for a long time because I couldn't afford anything else. So I had to take care of this truck. I had to take care of this vessel that got me from point A to point B. My intentions had to be to make sure that I had the oil changed in it regularly, rotate the tires, get it tuned up from time to time. If I didn't do any of this, I would eventually kill the transmission, blow the tires. I think you get the picture. I took care of that truck, but as you can see in the next slide, I had fun in it too. (laughs) I loved taking that thing off-road and getting it dirty. And I drove that truck into the ground. It looks like I did in that picture. The day I had to get rid of it, I literally coasted into the car dealership with it barely running and it having over 250,000 miles on it. And yes, I cried. When I let good old Samson go, you're probably asking, what does this have to do with my physical health? What does your truck have to do with that? Well, think about it this way. Suppose when you turned 16, you are given a brand new car for your birthday. Happy birthday, okay? And as you get in this car and test it out, make it your own, you are then told, all right, this is going to be the only car that you will ever get your entire life. This is it. What you do with that car now, that's in your hands, will determine how long you are able to keep it the more you take care of that car the more you'll be able to enjoy it and have it for years to come all right we are given this is killing me we are given this one body and while to some of us it's not the ideal body we would have asked for it's ours nonetheless god gave us this body and he tells us that we are each made in his image and are fearfully and wonderfully made How we treat this one vessel can determine how long this vessel will last us. Now, don't get me wrong. We can be the healthiest person on the planet, and some of us will still get cancer and other diseases anyway. That's because we live in a fallen and sinful world, and our bodies aren't immune to that either. But let's come back to what Jesus said. He came so we can have life and have it abundantly. I believe when we begin to see ourselves as the true beauty of Christ, when we see our bodies as these vessels that He created, and He wants us to use these vessels to love Him and love others, then we will begin to live this life more abundantly in and through Him. And as He guides us through this life, our intentions may change. But our purpose does not. What's our purpose? Our purpose is to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. By what? By loving Jesus. And that takes the pressure off of us by the world standards because our focus is elsewhere. It's on Jesus. He came to give us life. Life more abundantly. So my question tonight to you is this. What is your more abundantly. You may be sitting there thinking to yourself that your life can't even be considered more abundantly because of your own personal illnesses or losing a loved one or watching someone you love fade because of sickness and that's completely understandable and Jesus isn't shaken by you questioning him about any of that. So tonight I want to close with my own testimony and how I came to this realization In my own life. Now, I'm not telling you this to glorify myself, nor to tell you that I have all the answers. I'm telling you this as my own personal story because I've been faced firsthand with questioning those very things in my own life. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this message, before becoming a school principal, I was a PE and health teacher, coach, and licensed personal trainer. My focus was to become the most ripped dude in the gym. To have the best six-pack, when I took my shirt off, I worked out for hours every day. I ate right. I always had a protein shake in my hand. And I would push others in the gym to do the same. I was hard on my body but and this is going to sound arrogant and I was at the time I loved the way I looked I worked hard for my body I even won bench press competitions for my weight category in grad school I was in shape I played sports lifted weights ate what I should went surfing and I was happy with myself but I was never satisfied There was always that guy in the gym who was more ripped than I was or who could bench press more than me. Thus, I kept pushing my body harder. I had built my entire identity and life around my workout routine and what I look like. One morning in 2009, I woke up and I could not move. I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. I was in excruciating pain. I had no idea what was wrong with me. I ended up seeing a spine surgeon where some of the first words that came out of his mouth were, Do you know how bad your spine is? I had no idea. He then began telling me that my spine was at a 66 degree curve. My right lung was completely crushed. My esophagus was twisted and things were getting progressively worse fast. I was then told that I needed surgery or I would end up paralyzed in a wheelchair and on oxygen for the rest of my life. My whole world was turning upside down. On December 15th, 2009, I had the surgery. My complications were so severe, my surgeon had to use this very complex looking machine to correct everything. I was the first patient he used this machine. On. They made a documentary about that, and I promised I would not show those pictures tonight because some of you have weak stomachs, and it's gross. But now I had two rods and 18 screws placed in my spine, and after the surgery began a long road to recovery, I had to learn to walk again. I had to relearn some of the most basic things in life. But I was assured by my doctors that in time, I could get back to the things I was doing before all of this happened. It took a long time, but I found myself back in the gym again. A lot of pain, a lot of tears, but I kept going. Ten years later in 2019, almost to the date from my last surgery, both my legs started going numb. And I did not understand why. I went back to my surgeon He told me that my lower spine was collapsing because of all the hardware in my upper spine. And I needed yet another surgery to fuse my upper spine to my lower spine before I become paralyzed. So in November 2019, I had more rods and screws placed in my back to which I would be a little bit more limited in my physical activities, but I could still be active. I was determined to get back to my usual activities after that. And as we all know, 2020 came around and just as I was ready to get back in the gym, COVID hit. And guess what? Gyms closed. So I found myself then determined to make my own gym in my own garage, to which I did. And I lifted in my garage and I began running. I ran three miles a day along with lifting weights every day. I was back to the old me again. And then I moved to southwest Florida from North Carolina in the summer of 2020, and life kept getting better. I met the love of my life, got engaged in September of 2020, and then in November of 2020, it happened again. My legs started going numb. The doctors told me that I had very little lower spine left, That wasn't fused, and that part of my spine was now collapsing. Here we go again with yet another surgery. I had another surgery in January of 2021 to which I was fused from top to bottom and even had screws placed in my pelvis. A month after that surgery, I had a hardware failure where a screw popped out of my pelvis, causing me yet again excruciating pain. February 2021, I had another surgery to place bigger screws in my pelvis. And this surgery would ultimately define my physical limitations. I couldn't do the things I used to anymore, nor would I ever be able to again. My right leg became permanently numb, which it is, which also limits my movement. I can't bend over to tie my shoes anymore. I can't lift weights like I used to anymore. I'm in constant pain all the time. And I fell into a deep depression. My entire life was built around working out, staying fit, getting ripped, running, playing sports, and all of that was taken away from me. I now have six rods, two connectors, 31 screws, and three spacers in my body holding me together right now. And at one point, I think I even said, well, what could possibly be next? Don't ever ask that question. Well, a few weeks before my wedding in March of 2021, I got very sick. Adrian took me to the ER where we found out that my body was rejecting the hardware that was recently put in my spine and pelvis, and I ended up having sepsis. We were told then that if we had waited just 24 to 48 hours, I would probably not have made it. So laying in the hospital bed with that reality made me begin to reevaluate my life. Where is this abundant life that Jesus talked about? Look at me. I'm a walking tin man who almost just died. Where is my more abundantly? I was given so many second chances with all I had been through, but it wasn't until I began asking Jesus and myself, Where is my more abundantly that things began to come into focus for me? Saying I do to the love of my life just weeks after almost dying with sepsis was my more abundantly. Being able to walk on the beach anytime I want and catching a sunset with the love of my life is my more abundantly. Seeing that we are in the adoption process is my more abundantly. Having a loving family and friends is my more abundantly. Finding and serving at this church is my more abundantly. And when I began to see what defined my more abundantly in my life, I then became intentional about bettering my physical health so that I could continue to stay here on this earth to love my life and experience all the abundant things God has given me. I want to do everything I can to be here for as long as I can because I love my life. Despite the hardships I've had to endure and the pain that I am in, I love my life. Some of you here may be going through some things in life where it's hard to find your more abundantly. And that's okay. We all go through that. And even if I did leave this earth in that hospital that day, my more abundantly would have become my most abundant life. Because I would be standing face to face with the one who gave his life for me. He came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. So let's be intentional about what we do to these physical bodies in order for us to experience the more abundantly while we are here on this earth. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Paul tells us that whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do for the glory of God. So this message on physical health isn't one where I'm telling you what to do with your body. But we've learned from Scripture today that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are the image bearers of Jesus. And because of these things, God wants us to offer our bodies back to Him as daily sacrifices. Being a living sacrifice is an act of worship. And lastly, Jesus tells us that He loved us so much That he gave himself for us on the cross so that we can have eternal life with him, which is the most abundant life of all. As the worship team comes up, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you teach us through your word. We thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you that Jesus is the word. And we thank you for the fact that he came so that we can have an abundant life through him. So, Father, as we go throughout the rest of this evening, I pray that each of us examine what our more abundantly is. And the fact that you gave up your life so that we can experience the more abundantly in this life. We thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. And I pray that because of your sacrifice, that we do offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.